The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Boy, did I love the movie Unbroken. Hi there, it's Doc Thompson. There's a new movie in theaters September 14th called Unbroken Path to Redemption. It's the rest of the true story of Louis Zamperini, an Olympic runner and later prisoner of war hero in World War II. It's his life after war. It compassionately shows how he worked through his demons and his anger, and more importantly, found peace with God. Unbroken Path to Redemption is especially timely and is in theaters September 14th. Check out unbrokenfilm.com, unbrokenfilm.com. Hello, I'm fine. How are you? Doing well. Great to speak with you. Um, She is, of course, the director of uh, Civil Rights for the Unborn for Priests and, of course, the uh, niece of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And recently you were at the White House for the prayer week. Was that at the White House? Well, it wasn't exactly the prayer week, but there was. I had two visits, one on August 1st and then one just a few days ago with Christian evangelicals. Uh, the president was kind of greeting us and updating us. And it, uh, so on both visits, it, they both kind of made the news, and they were very good visits. Yeah, good visits. What, was the, what were you focusing on during those visits? Well, August 1st, we were dealing with prison reform, and I was there with, I was there with 18 of us, I think, all together, pretty much in the African-American community, but we had representatives from the Caucasian community and the Latino community as well, uh, men and women of God who are working uh, in the spiritual uh, positions, like pastors and leaders, evangelists like myself. But we are, all of us have constituents, or in the case of the pastors, church members, who have people who have been touched by incarceration. Some of the members themselves are members of families. So uh, we were there talking with the president, uh, commending him for his concern and his work in the area of prison reform and what more could be done. With the evangelicals, the president updated us to his uh, executive order, which unmuzzled the mouths of the church, uh, the pastors who want to teach the Bible about, say, abortion is not good and marriage between a man and a woman should happen and uh, why we shouldn't be killing each other. Uh, If you don't work, you don't eat, that kind of a thing. And so he did an executive order which uh, will alleviate some of those tax penalties Mm. that churches Mm -hmm. have when they teach the truth. So he was updating us, and we were, of course, thanking him for his concern and his hard work. President Trump, a lot of people don't know it, but he's kept many of his campaign promises, almost all of them, and he's going far beyond those promises now, doing more and more for America. He's hated on every side. Uh, Republicans wanted him out. Democrats wanted him out. <laughs> it's, it's just crazy, but he just went in to do a job, and he's doing that job. You know, a prison reform is an unlikely... Um, issue for a lot of people on the right. It's not something that is, they've tra- traditionally been very passionate about. I'm one of the exceptions to that. I think prisons are despicable. And if you're somebody that is more on the right that believes in freedom and humanity and treating people well, then even those criminals, we need to make sure while they are incarcerated for either reform or punishment or to protect society, they still should be treated humanely. And inside prisons, it is like a post-apocalyptic movie. It's like Mad Max in the Thunderdome. It's despicable what happens in prisons. 
And we, as a people, if we're going to say we are infringing your rights by incarcerating you, we're, we're taking you in as a ward of the state, then we are also taking responsibility for your safety. And prisons should be safe. Well, one, prisons should definitely be safe and uh, not necessarily comfortable in that no. uh, you, you're so, so pampered that you don't realize that you're being, uh, uh, some of the things you shouldn't have done are being addressed. But on the other side as well, now I am a conservative, of course, but I believe in fairness and jubilee. So there are many prisoners who are incarcerated for nonviolent offenses. And they were artificially engineered in that. For example, marijuana used to be legal a long time ago, even cocaine and all that. And then marijuana became a misdemeanor in order to fill up the jails uh, at the the end of the 20th century uh, on up until now. They changed a lot of the laws and made marijuana a felony and locked up a lot of people mm-hmm. that should not have been locked up. And then some weren't even users, but they knew somebody who was using or something like that. And they were incarcerated for conspiracy. Yep. So you've got these nonviolent crimes, uh, supposedly crimes, but now marijuana is being legalized. So you've got people serving 30, 40, 50 years for felonious um, marijuana issues. And now abortion, I mean, not abortion, Lord Jesus. And now <laughs> marijuana is, is uh, uh, becoming legal again. So it's just a big confusion and a big mess. So we are working to uh, alleviate some of that, bring some of the people home. I was in a prison with my goddaughter recently in Mississippi, and we were ministering to a male prison population. My goddaughter is Angela Stanton King, and she's a former felon. Uh, she was involved in some criminal activity that uh, nonviolent but still wrong, and she had her baby chained to a bed while wow. in the prison. And one day she called me and she says, "Well, everybody wants to help the immigrant children and not separate them from their parents." And I agree. She said, "But prison separates mothers and fathers from their children too." And so she she asked the question. We were there. How many of you men? who are here incarcerated are fathers. Almost every man, if not every man in that wow. raised his hand, and there were grandfathers and great-grandfathers in prison. So the children are suffering. The family is broken when mom and dad are off in jail. Something has to happen with all this. So we're not saying crime is okay and just let everybody do what they want. But if you engineer some activities and make them felonies, so that you can make more money in your privatized jails, I think that's a crime too. Absolutely. And I don't I'm not saying go soft on prison or crime. Don't get me wrong. When I say prison shouldn't, you know, should be safe, I don't mean like you agreed that it should be comfortable, that it should be pampered by any means. There should be no. work and there should be things that are required of you. But you yeah. should not have to worry about somebody assaulting you, whether that's a, a sexual assault or other. I mean, that yeah. should not, it, it's subhuman. Prisons have become right. subhuman. Right. Treat people You're well right. and have a high standard. It's almost like we would think of, of, of maybe raising a child. 
children, we give more privileges as they get older because we know they're more responsible. And that's even for their safety. You're teaching them. So you wouldn't allow, you know, a a two-year-old to walk across the road or something or drive a car. You wouldn't allow that. But as you get older and you become more responsible and you know that they're likely going to be safe, you give them more and more. And I think that's how you have to look at prisons. In all fairness, in some of the prisons now, especially even when I was down there, because I've been in prison reform since the 80s. I've been working uh, with that issue and, and justice and even jubilee and liberty and all that kind of thing. But they, there are some prisoners who every other weekend get to go home. Uh, some of them, there's some proposals about getting out and being trained uh, for work on the outside and, and going to training facilities during the day and coming back and that kind of thing. And I do support all of that. Hey, how can people find out more about you? AlvitaKing.com and CivilRightsForTheUnborn.com All right, well, we're going to go ahead and post that. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks so much for all you do. Thank you. Have a great day. Alvita King, and uh, it's AlvitaKing.com as well. She, She does great work. Hey, it's Doc Thompson. Thanks for listening to the program. I want to tell you about another program that I think you're going to like. It's the Glenn Beck Program. Check it out now wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you hear yourself saying, feels pretty good to see somebody rub their nose in it, you may be addicted to outrage. We've expressed our outrage at everyone and everything that is different. Every thumbs up is like a dopamine surge and every retweet is a serotonin hit. In my new book, Addicted to Outrage, we bring clarity to this addiction. If enough of us can just drop our anger and outrage, we might just stand a chance to heal ourselves. Addicted to Outrage by Glenn Beck. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash addicted to outrage. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.